Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Alaskan wilderness was a place of both breathtaking beauty and unforgiving harshness. As I embarked on a solo hunt for stags, a mixture of excitement and anticipation coursed through my veins. The vast expanse of untouched nature seemed to stretch out endlessly before me, a reminder of the untamed power of the wild. My steps led me deeper into the heart of the secluded forest, where the trees intertwined their branches above, creating an almost impenetrable canopy. The lack of sunlight in this dense thicket made the air cooler and the atmosphere more eerie. Despite the shadows that played tricks on my eyes, I pressed on, determined to follow the path that seemed to wind its way through the ancient trees. As I continued on this path, a strange sensation prickled at the back of my neck. A feeling of being watched, of not being alone in this quiet forest, gnawed at my instincts. My steps slowed and my heart quickened as I scanned the surroundings, trying to identify the source of this unsettling feeling. And then there it was. A figure emerged from the shadows, walking upright toward me. My breath caught in my throat as I instinctively turned and sought refuge behind the nearest tree. Peeking around the trunk, I watched as the creature drew nearer, its dark form contrasting sharply against the dimly lit forest. My heart pounded in my chest as the creature drew closer, mere feet away. It stood black and enigmatic, its posture mirroring that of a human, yet its proportions were strange, not quite matching the dimensions of any known creature. It seemed to lack a visible neck, its head directly perched upon its shoulders. Frozen in place, I held my breath as the creature approached the very tree behind which I was hiding. Its head tilted upward, nostrils flaring as it sniffed the air. My heart raced and I strained my eyes to catch a glimpse of its features, but to my unease I couldn't discern any eyes on its dark face. I felt an overwhelming sense of vulnerability 
as if the creature could see right through the thin veil of my concealment. I was paralyzed by fear, unable to move or look away, as if some unseen force held me in its grip. Suddenly the creature shifted its attention away from me and turned around with an almost casual grace. My pulse pounded in my ears, and I watched in astonishment as it walked away, disappearing back into the shadows from whence it came. The forest seemed to reclaim its silence, and I was left alone, trembling and uncertain. The next moment my survival instincts kicked in, and I scrambled to my feet. My rifle clutched tightly in my trembling hands. With a mixture of fear and determination, I aimed at the creature's retreating form and pulled the trigger. The gunshot echoed through the forest, and I watched as the bullet struck the creature, only to bounce harmlessly off its skin as if it were bulletproof. The creature didn't react to the impact. It simply vanished into the depths of the forest, as if it had never been there at all. My mind reeled, trying to comprehend the strangeness of the encounter. What had I just witnessed? Was this some undiscovered species? A creature from the myths and legends of the wild? Eventually I turned back, my thoughts consumed by the enigma I had encountered. When I finally returned home, my wife greeted me with an expectant smile. Her question hung in the air, waiting for my response. But I found myself unable to put the experience into words. How could I convey the fear, the awe, the confusion? Instead, I remained silent, gazing out the window as the memories of that encounter played over and over. In my mind, some mysteries of the wild are not meant to be shared. They are meant to be held close, reminding us of the vastness of the world and the unknown wonders that lie within it. When my grandmother passed away, a wall clock she had owned and loved very much, that by the time she passed away was in my family's possession, started ringing probably about twenty, thirty times. It hadn't worked for about three years. Me, my brother, and our mom was pretty creeped out until Dad called from the hospital a short while later and told us that my grandmother had passed away just shortly before the incident. Both creepy and kind of beautiful in a way, since me and my brother had been her two favorite grandchildren, and I suppose that was her way of saying her last farewell. My name is Ali, and I'm from Birmingham, United Kingdom. It was April 2017, and it had been raining pretty heavily for a few days, so there hadn't been any children playing outside. However, on my way back home from work, it must have been around 6.30 or 7 p.m., I saw two children playing in the rain. I thought nothing of it since I did it as a child. It always rains in the United Kingdom, so we just learn to adjust to it sometimes. A few hours later, I was leaving my house to go to the gym, as I do most evenings, and these two kids are still playing in the exact same spot. I thought maybe their parents told them to not move too far away from the house, which made sense. So I just carried on my way. I was returning home from the gym, and it was now 9.35 p.m. exactly, and these kids were still there. Only this time they acknowledged that I had seen them, and the younger of the two approached me and simply asked if I would let them in, because it was raining, and their parents weren't home. I was going to let them in until I saw their eyes. They were completely black, the entire eye. Black as coal, the brother began to approach. It looked as though he was older. The younger sibling was defiant and definitely in charge. She asked again, this time with more anger in her tone. Just let us in. I stood frozen in fear, so I said, Let me get you some help, and then I turned away and sprinted to my house, locked the door, and ran to the window upstairs. I could see the kid still there. Now this is where it gets weird. I took out my phone and thought, Let me take a Snapchat of this and warn others. As soon as I took the picture, they both looked up into the window like they knew what I was doing, and my phone, which was 65% battery at the time, just died. I plugged the charger in, and nothing. It wouldn't even turn on. It's just dead. I looked back out the window, and the kids were gone. 
The next day I went knocking on the doors of my neighbors, and none of them had children except one couple who had one child, but is only six months old. I definitely believe I had an encounter with something else. A few months ago, I experienced something that still sends shivers down my spine. It was just an ordinary night, and I had drifted off to sleep after a long day at work. I was snuggled comfortably under the blankets, enjoying a peaceful slumber. Suddenly, I woke up with a start, as if something had jolted me awake. My heart was racing, and I blinked a few times, trying to adjust to the darkness that enveloped the room. That's when I saw it the outline of a person standing right next to my bed. In the dim light, I couldn't make out any features, but I assumed it was my boyfriend who must have come home late from work. I let out a nervous laugh, trying to shake off the fear that had gripped me. Oh my God, you scared me. I said relief washing over me as I realized it was just him. He climbed into bed and I reached out my arms, eager for the comforting embrace of his hug. But instead of feeling the warmth of his body, my arms found nothing but air. My heart skipped a beat and panic set in. I fumbled for the bedside lamp, quickly turning it on to illuminate the room. My eyes darted around, searching for any sign of my boyfriend. But the room was empty. The realization that I had just seen an apparition hit me like a ton of bricks. My breathing became labored, and I felt a cold sweat forming on my brow. I couldn't bring myself to turn off the light or close my eyes, fearing that the figure would reappear. For the rest of the night, I lay awake, clutching the blankets tightly around me, jumping at every little sound. When morning finally came, I hesitantly shared my experience with my boyfriend, who tried to comfort me, suggesting that it was just a vivid dream or my imagination playing tricks on me. But I knew what I had seen and felt the terrifying presence of something that couldn't be explained. Since that night, I've never been able to shake off the lingering fear that the mysterious figure will return. Every time I go to bed, I can't help but remember the chilling moment when I reached out for a comforting embrace, only to find nothing but emptiness. The night of February 27, 2017, in the early a.m., I was staying at the Best Western in Big Bear. At approximately 12.35 a.m., I walked to my car alone to retrieve my luggage. It had been snowing and was extremely dark. My car was facing a country road. When I hit the unlock button on my car, the parking and interior lights came on. This allowed me to see two eyes reflecting in the middle of the road about 10, 15 feet from me. At first, I thought it was a deer. I have lived in Colorado, and I'm accustomed to seeing wildlife. I instantly stopped and remained still, as I didn't want to scare off what I thought was a deer. As my eyes glanced downwards, I noticed it wasn't a deer. It looked like a white, hairless, naked man on all fours. It was at least four feet in height on all fours. Probably be around 15 feet if it stood up. There was a brief moment as our eyes made contact. It then, as quickly as I have ever seen any animal, turned around, ran as fast as a cheetah away from me, and then straight up a tree. I was frozen in disbelief. I said out loud to myself, You have to be flipping kidding me. Just as I was going to convince myself that this couldn't possibly be happening, it leaped from treetop to treetop, and I could see its full outline as it did so. I've never heard of such a creature, but I have found some other videos and pictures online that look exactly like what I saw. The speed and strength it had is like nothing I'd ever heard of before. The creature was definitely solid. It appeared as if it was coming toward me possibly hunting me. I don't know what stopped it. Was it the lights that went on? It had no visible genitalia. It had very human, like qualities. First it was a new moon, and I believe it was an eclipse that day as well. There was a creek across the street. I don't know if this has anything to do with my experience, but I was also a day from menstruating. If this had been a huge-eyed gray alien, it would have made more sense. I've heard of those, but this was unlike anything I've ever been familiar with. None of this makes sense to me. 
the speed and agility of the creature, and there shouldn't be any way that the treetops should have been able to hold the weight of the creature. It appeared to be flashing like a TV going in and out of reception. As it sprinted up the tree, it also didn't appear to disrupt the foliage as it did so. I immediately called my father after I rushed back into my hotel room. My son was asleep, and I was understandably in a state of shock. At this time, no one knew what hotel I was staying in. As I was crying on the phone with my father, the hotel phone rang. I answered it, and it was only a dial tone. Then there was a knock at the hotel room door. Once again, no one was there. At this point, my son woke up due to the commotion. I told him it was a scary dream. I gave my father the hotel information, and he advised me to go wait in the lobby with my son. As we were leaving, there was another knock, but it was at the back sliding glass door that went out to a private fenced in patio. This was a one-time encounter, and it's unfortunate that I still live in fear of this experience. I was raised Christian, and this humanoid doesn't fit into any category with which I am familiar. I don't know why this happened and what I'm supposed to learn from it. In addition, the hotel phone number I, I found out later has six sixes in a row. I don't know if that has anything to do with what happened. I was always taught that demons can't have a physical body unless it's possessing someone. I can't imagine it flying a spacecraft due to its primal manner. Is it a trans-dimensional being, Nephilim? What was it going to do? Is it going to come after me again? Why didn't it do what it was set out to do? My previous beliefs about the world and the way things work has been tossed upside down. While it's thought-provoking, it's been very traumatic and has me in a panic state that's distracting and mostly negative. I was doing my night shift around four or so in the morning. It was calm, nothing out of the ordinary. The most extreme things I'd see would be burglars and thieves, and sometimes we'd even have to break a fight between teetingers. So I was inside my patrol vehicle and suddenly began seeing a weird shadow. I'll describe it to you the best I can. It was tall, its arms and legs abnormally long. But shadows just get distorted. It's a game of lights, and the street lamps will make things look odd, especially at this time of night. Everything was silent, too quiet, and perhaps I was distracted. I look at the source of the movement. Don't ask me why, but for some reason I thought it was male. I just knew it. The truth was that I saw nothing. The corner of a building blocked my sight, and I could not see the source. So I just moved the car towards it, only found an empty street. It, mind you, I'm a 32-year-old female, and I've been a police officer for more than 10 years at this point. I can't be scared easily. I've seen it all, even less for the supposed supernatural. I believe in neither of those things, and to this day, the only horrors are those real people can do, not some ethereal entity moving to do God knows what to us. If anything, I've been told I'm too cold by people around me. The truth is, is that I'm not the most expressive person to be around, which sometimes just unnerves people. Well, this shadow keeps getting larger and larger. It was of human shape. If well, very deformed. It looked too tall to be a person, but then lights often make us see weird stuff. Then it began to get close, slowly. I could see how it moved its legs in the weird manner that got twisted as it walked. I began to look behind me and at the sides. I remember hearing a street dog whimpering and feeling this utter sense of dread. It was completely irrational, I know. The hairs at the back of my neck stood up and this ugly chill ran down my spine. The dog in the distance kept whimpering, a sense of pity, I think. Something. It made me get out of the car, open the door, and get it inside. Oh, man, the feeling of vulnerability I felt was horrible. I moved fast. I tried to look better at my surroundings. But there was nothing to see. Even all my training did not allow me to see. What was around me? The dog kept whimpering. I turned on the engine and noped out of there, out of that accursed street. The people at the station told me nothing about the dog. 
We kept it there until morning when I left, and animal control would take care of it. I kept it for five years, actually. I had to get it from animal control. It was female and passed away of old age. I called her Hope. Man, nothing even supernatural happened to me again. But I still remember that night and the ugly chill that ran down my spine. The shadow that I looked like reminded me of something you would see from Slenderman. You know that whole creepy pasta Gansey thing. So far, I don't know if it was a paranormal encounter or not. I'd like to believe it wasn't, but I felt something was out there getting close to me, and so did this dog. Either way, whatever you believe, it was certainly creepy. Looking back, I can't say for sure what I experienced that night, but it left a lasting impression on me. Hope the dog I rescued became a loyal companion and a reminder of the strange events that unfolded. I continued to serve as a police officer, always vigilant and ready to face whatever challenges came my way. Although I never encountered anything like that shadow again, the experience made me more aware of the unknown and the possibility of things beyond our understanding. In my years of service, I have come across many strange and unsettling cases, but that particular night remains etched in my memory. It serves as a reminder that in this world there are still mysteries waiting to be uncovered and stories left to be told. Whether it was a trick of the light, a figment of my imagination, or something genuinely otherworldly, I may never know but it's a memory that will stay with me for the rest of my life as a reminder of the unknown and the potential for the extraordinary lurking just beyond the shadows. The incident happened near Balashov in the Saratov region of Russia. One night I saw four fiery columns of light in the clear northeastern sky. They were close to each other, displaying blue and white shades, and lasted for about two hours. Afterward, the sky returned to normal. Not long after, odd-looking strangers appeared in the Saratov region. They looked like elderly men with yellow-greenish faces and no beards. They visited several villages but never asked for charity. When locals tried to communicate with them, they mumbled in an unrecognizable language so people considered them eccentric or crazy. Neither village elders nor district policemen detained these strangers. However, they did arouse the suspicion of local representatives and authorities. The strangers moved quickly between villages, never spending a night in any of them. The authorities couldn't pinpoint their whereabouts, and all of the strangers disappeared soon after October 6, 1848 when a report was sent to the Ministry of Internal Affairs from the town of Balashov. This report mentioned that on the same date at around 9 p.m. there was intense lighting in the area along with the sound of thunder. Then at 10 p.m. a blood-red colored spot appeared in the center of the sky, visible for five minutes. The spot then elongated, turned pinkish, and moved northwest. In half an hour, the sky cleared, and the red spot moved west, separating into several dozen cone-shaped columns that stretched to the horizon and turned dark red. Afterward, the north was covered with whitish-red stripes that slowly drifted westward. The phenomenon vanished around 11 p.m. My mother lives alone pretty much in the woods completely dark at night, no street lights or lights from neighbors, only a small road leading up to the house. One time in the middle of the night, she woke up to clear footsteps on the gravel, you know the sound, and three knocks on the front door. She called out hello and looked outside, and nothing there, only silence. It might not be a spectacular story, but I would freak out if it was me waking up to that in the middle of the night, with no other people around. My grandmother, mother, and my aunts would have told you it was death knocking at the door. This is a third-hand story about the death of my grandfather. He was in the VA hospital. Severe diabetes from alcohol, both legs amputated above the knees. He was in his 70s. My youngest two aunts were home alone, and my grandmother had gone to the hospital to visit Grandpa. 
The house had side lights on both sides of the front door, and the stairs looked down to that area. My aunts upstairs heard three knocks at the front door, but when they looked down, they could not see anyone. The knocking happened several more times, always three knocks until one of them finally opened the front door to see if they were being pranked. After that, the knocking stopped. When my grandmother returned home, they told her what happened, and she was livid. She went back to the hospital, about a two-hour drive in the day, only to find out that Grandpa had died after she had left. Apparently, Grandpa had haunted that house afterwards, but the family did not believe the knocking was his spirit looking to be let in. My mother told me several times that if there were knocks at the door and no one was there, to not open it until someone came in through that door. My parents built their house in 79 on a lot where a young couple died in a tornado in the early 1900s. When they were leveling the lot, they found a lot of bricks from the destroyed house the couple lived in. They used the bricks for walkways, a patio, and such. I had the bedroom in the middle of the hallway. My parents decided to make me and my sister share the room at the end of the hall when we were little and make my bedroom into a playroom. The nightmares were horrible. I would see shadows of little people run past the door. There would be large, shadowy figures standing in the middle of the room. The center of the room would get cold at night. After about three months, I moved back into my old bedroom and everything went back to normal. When I left for college, my sister took over my old room. I came home the summer of my first year and ended up in the room at the end of the hall. The nightmares and shadow sightings were worse than ever. After one week at home, I started sleeping on the couch and spent the rest of the summer there. I haven't stayed in that room since. I never believed in ghosts, but my buddy's story made me think twice. He showed me a picture of his family at his grandmother's wake, and there was something strange in the background. The whole family had gathered around a fire pit outside the house, and they had taken a photo before everyone left. In a picture, there were around 1529 people standing in front of the fire pit, and everything seemed normal. But when my buddy made copies of the photo to give to his family members, something strange happened. In one of the copies, there was smoke from the fire pit in the form of a person. I was skeptical at first, but when I saw the photo, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was a print from the middle of the copies, and the back of the photos were numbered from the print shop. There was no explanation for the ghostly figure in the photo. My buddy's family believed that it was the spirit of his grandmother, who had passed away just a few days before the wake. They thought that she was there with them, watching over them, and saying goodbye in her own way. I don't know what to make of it. But I do know that I'm now a bit more open-minded about the paranormal. It's hard to explain what happened in that photo, but it's definitely made me think twice about what's out there beyond what we can see. A friend and I were fishing in an evening-friendly base tournament on 7, 2, 1992, from 3 p.m. 9 p.m., at Smith and Sales Reservoir in Smithfield, Rhode Island. The fishing picked up as the tournament ended, so I convinced my friend to go back out for a night bite. Somewhere around 11 p.m., we were fishing at the end of a peninsula facing the shore with a dark, empty house on the land. It was very quiet, but I thought a helicopter was coming down in the cove behind the house where we couldn't see, but no noise. I gestured to my friend, but when the lights dimmed, we excused it as vehicle lights must have come down the road and backed away, but we had never seen a vehicle. We continued fishing towards the shore in plain view of the house when I noticed what looked like children playing with flashlights moving frantically in one of the rooms of the house through the windows. My fishing partner and I decided people must have come home to the house, even though we had never seen a car or people and the power must be turned off in the house. We continued fishing, although we had never seen or heard anyone. There was an abnormally seven-foot, 
tall human-shaped figure with a smaller child-sized human-shaped figure with a larger one looking like it was holding a flashlight looking for frogs and such at the water's edge. The odd thing was the way they were illuminating, almost like a glow in the dark. But we dismissed that as the flashlight reflected off the water back at them strangely. Just then we noticed about fifteen to twenty glowing-shaped figures all on the shore, facing us all different sizes, and we got freaked out because there was never any noise this whole time, and we were close enough to have heard people walking in the brush near shore. Just as we were getting scared and contemplating leaving, the flashlight, the first big human-like figure, was holding Shan directly toward our boat. My partner said to start the motor and let's get out of here. As I was starting to set the choke and pull the cord of the small five-hap outboard motor, the flashlight levitated across about 30, 40 yards of water as I was keeping half an eye on it, on it and starting the motor. When it turned over and I put it in gear, I looked up and the light was about eight feet above our small boat. I never looked back and it was a short three-minute ride back to the boat ramp. We hurried throwing the boat in the van and got inside the van shock. All the dogs on the lake were barking loudly. We never heard a dog before this. My friend made me promise not to tell anyone, and I haven't until now. I grew up in southern Utah near the Glen Canyon area. I encountered something strange down there. I lived out in the middle of nowhere, and we had a bunch of dogs. There were a lot of hitchhikers since we lived on a main road that goes through there. My dad was a local police officer and worked long days and stuff. One night the dog starts barking and he just stuck his gun out the door and he said, Hey, go figure out what that is. So I went. We had one dog on each corner of the property. We had an actual pump house to pump water, so we lived that far out of town. I checked the dogs and they were very upset. I got to the one dog, and she is cowering down on the ground, shaking. I thought she was hurt, but she wasn't, just really scared. When I checked on her, I got the distinct feeling that I didn't check behind me very well. So when I started to turn around, something stood straight up and ran away from me. I didn't hear anything other than crunching sounds in the dry brush as it was running. We lived on the side of a really steep hill, running right down the side of that incline. On the bottom of that hill were trees and a river. I could hear twigs breaking. By the time I realized what had gone on, I got to the side of the hill to see where it was going. It made it all the way down. It was a very steep hill. I could hear the tree branches breaking off, and I was petrified. I was shaking so bad that if I had wanted to shoot it, I wouldn't have been able to. I was terrified. My dad called the county sheriff, who had a professional tracker, hunter by the name of Billy, and they brought him in. I thought it was a bear because of how big it was, but it ran on two legs. Billy looked at the footprint impressions. He said if this was a bear, it was bigger than anything he'd ever tracked, and he's been doing it for 30 years. After talking to Billy a bit more, he said that he thought that it was a Bigfoot. He said that he had tracked a few over the years, but this one was much larger. Yeah, it was terrifying, and there were sightings in the area a couple of weeks after that. There were a few instances of property damage and at least two sheep being killed. It could have ripped me apart. As I was driving down the road going from Lane County into Lynn County, I had just passed a corner when up ahead, about one-fourth mile, I saw around a seven-eight-feet black creature crossing road. I was around eighteen at the time, pregnant by myself and petrified. It was in center of road when I got sight of it. I slowed down, praying it would not look my way. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I was so scared I stopped breathing. It crossed into the side of road and up into trees. I at this point floored the gas pedal and kept my eyes straight ahead, not looking into the side of road where a creature had passed. All I can say is what I've seen looks exactly like the pics I have seen of what is called Sasquatch. People always laugh it off when I tell them, but I know what I've seen was something I had never seen before and never want to again. I was so scared, and the bad thing is, I still drive those roads all times of day, and I am hoping this creature will take pity on me and not show itself again while I am on those roads. It never looked at me when it crossed the road. I don't think it even knew I was there. I am definitely a believer now. The thing I want to know is why haven't we ever found a Corsby of one of these creatures? Could their group bury them, or do they maybe eat their dead? That is the one thing I would like to find out. My brown lab, Susha, and I were sitting by the campfire, warming up and preparing to hit the hay about 1 a.m. My friend Steve and his girlfriend had retired earlier. I heard a stick snap loudly outside camp. I turned on my pen light, pointed it in the direction of the sound. The weak beam of light illuminated a single eye peering back at me from behind a tree, 30 feet or so from camp. It blinked, then disapered behind a tree. I was thinking elk because this eye was too high up to be a deer. My dog became tense but did not bark. Suddenly two eyes appeared in my light on the opposite side of the tree. I decided to approach this thing so I stood up and walked towards it, keeping the glow of its eyes in my light. I'm freaking, but I continue to pursue. My dog is whining a bit but not barking. Now this is what really yanked my chain. The two eyes start moving downhill from me. They're moving up and down as they traverse away from me, eight feet high, then down to the ground, then back up again, all the while remaining focused on my light. The beam was only strong enough to pick up the glow of the eyes. I couldn't tell what they were attached to, but it was not a deer or elk. No way. Also, it made no sound at all while it moved. I really freaked at this point, being fairly close to it. I turned and dove into my buddy's tent. My heart will explode. He and his girl are out like a light and don't even notice my entry. My dog follows me in. I didn't dare go back out. Fell asleep eventually. Looked around the next day. The tree it was hiding behind was an old-growth fir. My estimation is it was at least seven, eight feet tall. No tracks in the thick humus of fir needles and twigs. No other sign it was there. This experience remains the most deeply mysterious event of my life. Wow. We have lived in our house for 15 years. It is a two-story with a 20-feet ceiling and a catwalk that leads to a loft. During the last 15 years, I have many occasions looked up at the catwalk from my uneasy chair, thinking that someone is on the catwalk looking down on me. My daughter, who has slept upstairs by herself for the past 10 years, her brother went to college and never came back home, has commented that she has seen a little girl in the loft area a few times. We all had a good laugh about it. A few minutes ago, my two-half-year-old granddaughter came to the catwalk and was telling me in two-half-year-old speak that someone was waving at her. My daughter translated as usual. My daughter said that they were in her bedroom singing songs when my granddaughter got a look on her face on disbelief, as though she could not believe what she was seeing. Then she began to wave at the doorway. She then told my daughter that they someone-something was in the doorway of their bedroom, waving at her. My daughter asked her if she wanted to go into the loft and look for them. She said, yeah. She then they stood up and looked out of the bedroom door into the loft area looking for whatever waved at her. Then she came to the catwalk to explain to me that someone had waved at her. I then got my wife and we all went upstairs to have the two-year-old tell us what she saw. 
She said that someone had waved at her. She would not say if it was a boy or girl or how big it was, but she kept looking in the rooms that surrounded the loft area. I am convinced that she saw something, but what? I have no clue. A two-year-old would not be able to make up such an occurrence unless it happened. This really freaks me out to have this happen after we have joked about this all these years. To have my two-year-old granddaughter lead this episode with no coaching makes it even more weird. I am not a crazy person. I wished I was, and this really did not happen. I don't know if I believe in ghosts or not. I do, however, believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I have had some weird experiences that are totally unexplainable. A prelude history of my house. Belonged to grandparents before they passed away. There is an old colored jail cell on the property that was used to hold prisoners while they were working on nearby farms. Grandparents had a housekeeper who was an older Hispanic lady who practiced old Hispanic traditions. She claimed to have seen the different ghosts, one on inside, one on outside. The one on inside was a white man and was nice. The one on outside was a black man and was not as nice. Grandpa told me once that he had seen the inside one in one of the hallways. One night I was home alone. Parents were out of state, I think. I, I was in my room and was on the computer. Probably on the green screen or Facebook, but not sure. Whenever I'm home alone, I usually have certain lights on and certain doors closed to let me know of any activity going on that I'm not participating in. The bedroom doors down the hall were all close and the hall light on. I know this because I had just came back from getting a Dr. Pepper and I remember looking down the hall to make sure the doors were shut and light was on. After sitting down with my back to the wall where I can see my windows and doors, I continued on the computer. A few minutes later, I heard the door down the hall open and slam shut and heard footsteps running down the hall. I said a few words and grabbed my pistol. I sliced the pie coming out of my room and entered the hallway. I started to clear this part of the house and found nothing and nobody. I called my buddy and he came over and we cleared the rest of the house. No one was there, but I know what I heard. The TVs were not on. No sounds were coming from computer. Another time in the middle of night, I had gotten up to get a drink and check out the house. I went into the closed-off porch and was looking into the backyard. Under the guard light in the pasture by the water trough, I saw a man-shaped shadow walk across. Not sure what it was or who it was. I woke my dad and we cleared the house to see if anything was out of ordinary. I also do Civil War reenactments and Texas Revolution reenactments. We sometimes stay on actual battlegrounds, and we've seen so many unexplainable events and heard so many unexplainable sounds. I'm an ex-combat vet who survived tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. I had been wounded twice and came home back in 2011. I was stationed at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. One night in January 2012, I was on guard detail at a medium-sized perimeter station with concrete walls two feet thick and a solid steel blast door, a foot thick just about half a mile from the Missouri River. The guard with me stepped out to grab a smoke. This was around midnight in a snowstorm. Then he started banging on the door within a minute of him going outside. I opened the door and said, like, what the F? You just went out there. He's like, there's something out here. It's not a man. It's not any animal. He never heard it screaming at him, but he couldn't see it. So I stepped out with him, and we could hear something very big just into the woods about a hundred feet away. Then we heard a scream, roar. We both went back inside and locked the door. Within minutes, the thing started banging on the door with such force that it took me back to combat, readiness in a flash. We looked at each other and at the monitors in the station. We could see only the top of its head. Long story short, we finally opened the door after it took off and found dents in the solid metal door. Mind you, yeah, it still freaks me out. Footprints in the snow were twenty. One inch is long that led over the perimeter fence, which is 15 feet high with razor wire. The prints were headed toward the river. 
I'm a very rational person, but I had to share this. I never told anyone except my comrade who was on duty with me that night. It changed both of us to this day. I don't hike on trails. I tromp straight through the underbrush, sometimes follow deer trails, but never see other people. Once in the middle of nowhere, I was surprised by a man walking rapidly toward me out of the bushes. He walked straight toward me like he was speed, walking for fitness, but in a direct line toward me. I just stared at him as he veered in speed, walked right past me, and continued off into the bushes on the other side. Not sure if he saw my hand in my pocket in the bulge of my gun, but I don't think so. I didn't get a creepy vibe as he seemed to be in a big hurry to get somewhere. Growing up in Pennsylvania, I developed a deep love for exploration. The vast forests and open fields called to me, inviting me to uncover their hidden treasures. And so, whenever I had a chance, I would set out on an adventure, eager to uncover the secrets that lay hidden beneath the soil. During my many excursions, I often stumbled upon arrowheads, remnants of a time long past. Each time I found one, a strange sensation would wash over me, particularly when I was alone. It was a mix of loneliness and sadness, as if I was picking up a piece of history that had been stolen from an entire group of people. The arrowhead seemed to whisper stories of a proud and ancient culture, full of life and tradition, now lost to the sands of time. And yet, at the same time, finding these arrowheads made me feel connected, as if I was being drawn into the intricate tapestry of human history. Through these ancient artifacts, I felt a bond with the people who had once called this land their home, the people who had crafted these tools with skill and care. I kept some of the arrowheads, cherishing them as tokens of my adventures and as reminders of the rich history that lay beneath my feet. However, most of the time I would leave the arrowheads where I found them, hoping that someone else might come across them and experience that same strange mix of emotions. Over the years, I continued to explore the lands of Pennsylvania, uncovering more arrowheads and feeling that same inexplicable connection to the past. Each time I found one, I would pause for a moment, imagining the hand that had once held it and the stories that it could tell. As I grew older, I began to share my experiences with others, hoping to inspire a sense of wonder and connection in them as well. Together, we would explore the forests and fields, and whenever we found an arrowhead, we would share our thoughts and feelings, forging new bonds between ourselves and the history that surrounded us. Now, as I walk the same paths I once explored as a child, I feel a deep sense of gratitude for the strange, beautiful connection I've discovered between myself and the past. Through these simple, ancient artifacts, I have come to understand the importance of remembering and honoring the lives and cultures that have shaped our world. And so each time I find an arrowhead, I'm reminded of the power of history and the importance of preserving our connection to the past. For in these moments, I am not just holding a piece of stone. I am holding a story, a memory, and a part of our shared human journey. I was walking home with a few friends from somewhere. I live in a nice, quiet area in Finland, where a lot of families live. You have to go through the woods if you want to take a shortcut, and I used to go through that a lot. One time we were talking about how people are saying that maybe a few years back some guy had used this marble gun thing and shot some granny with it. I don't really know much about those guns, except that they shoot tiny marbles, pearls. All of a sudden, there is a guy using that kind of gun shooting into the forest. He lowered the gun and told us he won't shoot while we passed. Nothing happened and he seemed to be all good. But the timing was so odd. I actually think I have been abducted during my entire life. I am 23 years old and things started getting weird when I was 7. 
They always happen in different ways when I'm sleeping, laying in bed, or driving in the car. This last time I was sleeping and I thought it was a dream. But waking up I was so panicked I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I knew right away they weren't human because they had cricket faces with these tall muscular bodies and strange jumpsuits. The only way I could describe them was this metallic, light, rose-gold, almost leather-type material, but it wasn't with an assortment of zippers and buttons. But they weren't that. They just looked like that, but they weren't from this earth. I was walking down a dirt road, and they were still talking among themselves, but I didn't have enough time to run, so I just laid myself down like a rug and buried my face in the dirt. I was so terrified and confused that I just wanted to disappear. They just walked up to me and one crouched over me and then I blacked out. I seemed to have these two perfectly round scoop marks that appeared on my back right calf leg. I have encountered lost time, sleep paralysis, encountered lights in the skies, humming noises, sleep problems, medical problems, crazy electronic malfunctions, and a couple other symptoms. My problems with technology have gotten so bad that I actually have to get a new phone once a month since they keep breaking. Ever since I was little, only my bedroom would get blackouts except for when I was home alone. Then the whole house would get blackouts. It actually became such a regular occurrence I thought it was normal. The TV would never turn on the channel I turned it off. I got this weird perfectly round puddle of water that appeared on my bed. I had something scratch the hell out of me to the point that I was bleeding. Lights always turn off when I go near them or take a while to turn on. I have always had incredible intuition, too, which seems to be connected with abductions. And strangest of all, my boyfriend and I was almost completely sure I was pregnant three separate times. I had all the signs, symptoms, and belly, but then overnight, I wasn't anymore. Another time, my friend and I were driving down the freeway when we observed a lot of lights in the skies that were all different sizes, about three groups large lights, that looked like helicopters almost in medium and small lights, that looked like stars, and they started doing some crazy things. They would group up from largest to smallest in a straight light. Then they would get all mixed up, and one would fly in front of the other, covering it up. We experienced lost time. What should have been a 20-minute drive turned into an hour-long trip. For years now, I've been having these horrific nightmares where I was with this big group of people we were standing on the beach and looking at the sky, expecting something to come to us. Then these lights appeared almost like a Milky Way, and then all of a sudden I'm up in space, in a spaceship, I think. I just remember gray walls almost like a uh, space mountain at Disneyland looked. I could have sworn I remember seeing a control room area, I don't know. But then the dreams turned horrifying. These lasted for months, and they were always slightly different. But I was running through these black halls, almost like a dark parking garage, trying to escape monsters with a bunch of other people as well. And also, just living in the spaceship, I think it was almost like a spacey hotel. The dreams are all mixed together. But if you put them in sequence, it's like I lived there for a bit fine. Then things turned bad, but they could just be dreams. What panics me, though, is these scoop mark indentations. I have been researching other abduction marks, and these look like them. You can very obviously feel the perfectly round indentations, and there was absolutely no blood or damage when they appeared. I live in Huntington Beach, California. My grandpa was born in the last years of the 19th century and spent his entire life living in rural Idaho as a farmer and rancher. He had tons of old cowboy stories. He would tell us grandkids. Most of them were funny. Some were cautionary, but a few were downright creepy. When my grandpa was six years old, he, along with his older brother and a gang of kids from nearby farms, decided to go ice skating for the day. At that time, my great-grandpa was working as a ranch hand, and the family lived near Chesterfield, Idaho, now mostly a ghost town. It was a bright and sunny January day in 1902, and though the temperature was low, the sun kept things somewhat warm. 
They had hitched sleighs to their horses and headed down to the Port Nuff River to ice skate. There were eight kids altogether, and they were excited to show off their new skates from Christmas. Along with my grandpa and his brother, there were the three Robinson kids, Tommy Bayer and the Gooch twins. The best spot to skate was next door to the Gooch's ranch. The river there was broad and shallow, so the ice tended to be thicker, and if they did fall through, they would just get their legs wet. The kids spent a couple hours skating when a loud scream came from a willow bush on the river bank opposite them. The kids could only watch as a giant man, covered head to toe in thick black fur, came lumbering out of the bushes. It was carrying a large tree branch and was screaming in rage at the kids. They fled towards the sleighs, trying to scramble up the river bank in their skates. My grandpa, being the youngest, was at the back of the rush. He couldn't get a good foothold because of the skates and fell back towards the ice. The giant was now crossing the river towards them, screaming and swinging his branch. My grandpa was sure this creature was going to eat him. As my grandpa tells it, Lady Luck smiled down on me that day by the river, because as the giant was midway across the river, the ice gave way. It only submerged its shins, but was slowed down considerably as it tried to get back on top of the ice. This gave my grandpa's brother enough time to jump down and cut the laces off my grandpa's skates. They left the skates and dashed up the river bank and jumped onto the sleigh. As they looked back, the giant man was cresting the river bank. To their relief, it didn't chase the sleighs. It just stood there hollering at the kids and swinging his tree branch. The kids were able to make it back to the Gooch Ranch, where they told their encounter to John Gooch, the twins' grandfather. Word spread quickly in the tiny farming community, and soon a posse was formed to hunt down the beast. Where the kids had been skating, there was found footprints almost two feet in length. My grandpa's skates were found near the tracks. They had both been bent in half like horseshoes. The tracks headed west into the nearby mountains. The posse followed them as far as they could, but deep snow prevented their travel any farther. The creature was never sighted in that area again. This story captivated the small community, and soon word traveled across the country of the Idaho Wildman. That spring, my great-grandpa decided to buy a ranch in the Little Lost River Valley farther north in Idaho. My grandpa had many other weird and creepy backwoods stories, but he always said that this encounter frightened him the most. He was sure he would have been killed if the giant hadn't broken through the ice and given his brother a chance to cut his laces. Three of us were out duck hunting earlier in the day. Driver was Travis Howard, Dustin Hockama passenger seat, and myself facing backward, sitting in the bed of the truck. We were pretty much done hunting, and Travis just started to drive around for sightseeing. We were driving along when Travis hit the brakes. I turned to the driver's side to ask what we were doing. I then saw a figure about 30 feet away, about four foot tall, upright on two legs, running down the ditch and up the hill through the logged area. Approx two, five years old of a logged area. Some brush had already started to grow. The figure ran up and across another landing road and disappeared at a tree at the tree line. Approx 150 plus yards away, this figure was dark brown slash black, shortish hair. It looked to be about the size of a young bear cub, but running quickly on two feet. It did not have a muzzle like a bear and did not have visible ears like a bear. The three of us all asked each other, What the fuck was that? Travis and Dustin asked if I saw where it went, so we reversed the truck and drove up the road where I last was the creature. We stopped just before the tree and looked around and listened. We were not all too fearful because we all three had our shotguns. However, we did feel uneasy in the fact that none of us knew what we saw. We eventually left the area and discussed that we should call it a bear and not to really talk about what we saw. Travis would be able to tell better the road we were on due to him being a little older than us and he was driving. Dustin and Travis had a view of the creature crossing the road some feet in front of them.
A few days ago, my girlfriend and I were nearing the end of an incredible road trip with our beloved dog. We'd been driving for hours, and it was time for a break. Spotting a rest stop just off the freeway, we decided to pull in and stretch our legs, giving our dog a chance to do his business. The rest stop was eerily quiet, with no other cars in sight, just three large semi-trucks parked in a line. My girlfriend immediately went to use the restroom, and I leashed our dog, waiting by the car. As she disappeared inside, I heard someone shouting behind me. I turned to see a trucker in the driver's seat of his semi. His window rolled down, trying to get my attention. He was an older man with gray hair and sunglasses, and I couldn't quite make out what he was saying over the noise of his truck. After a few exchanges, I decided to walk closer to his truck to hear him better. What did you say? I asked. Can you help me look for my phone? I lost it somewhere, the trucker replied, feeling a little caught off. Guard, I asked him where he had lost it. I lost it in my truck. Can you come up here and help me look for it? He said in a somewhat unnerving tone. At this point, I was seriously creeped out. There was no way I was climbing into this stranger's truck. I refused, and as the trucker grew increasingly agitated, I threatened to call the cops. He eventually drove off, leaving me shaken and relieved. As I recounted the incident to my girlfriend, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was off. We decided to take our dog for a walk to calm our nerves, and that's when we stumbled upon something extraordinary. Hidden in a dense thicket of trees, we spotted a large, hairy creature with an unmistakable human-like appearance. We couldn't believe our eyes. It was Bigfoot. He stood there watching us curiously, seemingly unthreatened by our presence. We slowly backed away, trying not to provoke the creature. To our surprise, Bigfoot began to follow us, keeping a safe distance but maintaining eye contact. It was as if he wanted to communicate with us. As we continued walking, we realized that Bigfoot was leading us deeper into the woods. We hesitated, unsure of what to do, but something compelled us to follow. It seemed as though he wanted to show us something. Led by Bigfoot, we eventually arrived at a small clearing. To our amazement, scattered on the ground were various personal items, wallets, phones, and other belongings. Among them was the trucker's phone. We realized that Bigfoot had been watching the rest stop and intervening when things seemed suspicious. He had sensed our unease and had come to our aid. In gratitude, we carefully picked up the trucker's phone and decided to return it to the authorities. As we walked back to our car, Bigfoot disappeared back into the woods, and we couldn't help but feel a sense of awe and gratitude for our unexpected encounter. Our road trip had taken a bizarre turn, but it left us with a story we'd never forget. I'd been living in my town for three years, and I had grown quite comfortable with my surroundings. There was a 7-Eleven within walking distance of my home, which I visited occasionally at night. Despite my town's reputation for being safe, I couldn't help but feel a little more alert when I ventured out after dark. One night I decided to make a quick trip to the 7-Eleven. I grabbed a few items, paid for them, and headed towards the exit. As I stepped outside, I noticed an old man with a limp approaching the store. He spotted me and called out, Hey, come here. I want to ask you a question. Instantly, my instincts kicked in. Something about the situation felt off, and I was torn between going back inside the store or trying to avoid the man altogether. As he repeated his request and moved closer, I made my decision and retreated back into the store. I pretended to browse the shelves, keeping an eye on the old man as he entered. To my surprise, he didn't pay any attention to me once inside. Instead, he wandered down an aisle and seemed to vanish entirely. Seizing the opportunity, I slipped out of the store and hurried back to my home, just a block away. I couldn't shake the feeling that something sinister had been afoot, and the incident served as a stark reminder that even in a safe town, one should always remain vigilant. Days went by, and I couldn't get the encounter out of my mind. The more I thought about it, the more it began to resemble the local legends of skinwalkers, shape-shifting creatures that could assume the appearance of humans or animals. Although I had always dismissed the stories as mere folklore, 
The eerie experience with the old man left me questioning my skepticism. As time went on, whispers about skinwalkers and other strange occurrences began to spread throughout the town. People claimed to have seen the old man lurking in the shadows, disappearing just as suddenly as he had appeared. Others reported seeing animals with human-like features in the once. Safe town was gripped with a newfound sense of unease. Despite my initial decision to avoid nighttime walks, curiosity got the better of me. I found myself drawn to the mysterious figure, hoping to learn more about the skinwalker legend and perhaps to uncover the truth behind the old man's intention. One fateful night, as I walked through the dimly lit streets, I once again encountered the old man. This time, however, there was something different about him. His appearance seemed to shift before my eyes, transforming from a frail, limping figure to a menacing, otherworldly creature. A chill ran down my spine as I realized I was face to face with the skinwalker. I turned and ran, my heart pounding in my chest. I could hear the creature's footsteps behind me, closing in with each stride. I raced through the streets, praying I could make it to the safety of my home. As I reached my front door, I fumbled for my keys, my hands shaking with terror. The door swung open just in time, and I stumbled inside, slamming it shut behind me. I collapsed on the floor, my body trembling as I tried to process what had just happened. The town remained on edge, the skinwalker's presence an ever-looming threat. As for me, I couldn't forget the chilling encounter that had changed my life. The once safe town now held an air of mystery and danger that I could never have anticipated, and the nights would never be the same again.